Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered with me, your host, Mary Catherine Ham. Have you noticed, by the way, my friend Vic Mattis, who is the editor at the Free Beacon, that sometimes I say edition and sometimes I say episode, and I can't decide which one it should be. Of the show? Yeah. It's a... It's an episode, I think. Episode. It's All an right. episode. It's All a. Right, fine. But we have special editions of the episode. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah. I can say edition then. That's right. You know, it's it's a work in progress, Vic. It is, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> the show continues to evolve and how grow. You, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm very relaxed this morning. Very zen. Very calm. Oh, that's uh, nice. It dawned on me and my wife Kate that so my son has off tomorrow for some administrative day, and then both kids have off on Monday right. uh, for MLK. And so we're like, oh, so we're just home alone right now. Mm. So anyway, that's why I was five minutes late to work. <laughs> that includes putting on five minutes. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> but you, your, excuse me, you yourself have a glow from the Georgia win. I do. Uh, does it still, is there like, a, how, what is the effect over days? Do you wake up and then it dawns on you, oh wait, we're national we're champions. We're national champions. You know what, every morning and I wake up and I watch more highlights just to, <laughs> just, just, just to re- assure myself that this yeah. really happened. Yeah, sure. So I'm on a diet of about 30 to 40 minutes of highlights per day that I got to watch. So the, the same ones? Just <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, I, Yesterday I, I watched a video of 25 fan reactions to the pick six at the end of the game. <laughs> and as one of my You've gotten UGA to the point buddies, of reactions? Yes. Wow. As one of my UGA buddies tweeted, you'd think 25 angles would be too many, but it's not. It's not. But see, it is it's it is very joyful to see everybody just break down when that pick six happens. They all just lose it because for so many of them, as you, for you, me, it's forty years of waiting. You're like the you're like the those those movie video reactions, you know, to like Spider Man, yes. or something to yes. see the reactions. Oh my gosh, there! You know, that's what you're doing. That's so I'm fun. watching those. I'm educating the children. Good. You know, showing them mm. the highlights. I'm ordering gear. I haven't yet pulled the trigger. I had I did have to do like a little budget warning to my husband, like, "Hey, there's going to be a lot that comes out you, you in merch be, real quick." You, that's an exception to the rule. Yes, and they and the thing about championship merch, of course, because they know they can rake you over the coals. Every single item is forty three dollars. I mean, there's no. Oh my goodness! <laughs> there's like a pair of socks that's nineteen dollars. That's about as yeah. good as you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I'm got just the, like, you're paying for the logo. Yeah, I'm just like, give me this, give me that, mm-hmm. give me this, give me this for the girls, give me this for the baby, give me this mm-hmm. for my husband. Everybody gotta have something. You know, there was a time when Georgetown was the second biggest selling college retailer for logos behind Notre Dame. Was this I the Young days? I, was that yes? Yeah, yeah. No. Well, yeah. No. And after, even when I was there, yeah. when it was Iverson and Alonzo oh, Mourning yeah, yeah. and, and and that, I don't think it's that way anymore. But I was going to ask it's you. Fallen please, off. Yes. So uh, aside from buying all this new uh, Georgia Bulldogs apparel, are you also going to? Are you planning on a an official celebration of it? Because I mean, you're celebrating at the time, but you know. Some kids are sleeping. Everyone's here. Everyone's there. Are you going to do an actual, like a form, a formal thing, like a ticker tape should, around the block? Should I do? Should I do a bulldog reception yes. at my home? Yeah, a formal where people come and I we do a champagne toast. Perhaps I will do that, Vic. Yeah, you know what I should good. do is I should take one of my nice bottles of mm-hmm. wine that mm-hmm. Steve and I got for a wedding present, mm-hmm. bring it over to Vic's house, and let him cook me dinner to celebrate the Bulldogs victory. I've, you know, I've done this before. Yes. I've done... I've, I've, no, I, 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 you brought a bottle Our of, currency is the very nice wine. Yeah, and you, then we just say like, Vic, you know, you're fine with hosting us and cooking for us, right? We'll cook for wine. <laughs> or it for all any works booze. out. No, absolutely. Other than that, I'm trying to, you know, focus on my 
my New Year's resolutions, yes. become a better person, all mm-hmm. those things that you mm-hmm. do. My planner isn't here yet, but it should get here next week. <laughs> so it's chaos right now. You just have Well, it's always chaos. Mm-hmm. That is the nature of me. But if you look, Alex is looking at my wrist. Mm-hmm. There's a thing on my wrist, and it is. Ooh. Okay. I have a quarterback <gasps> sleeve. Oh. I have a quarterback sleeve on my wrist. Let me explain to you. This I was is, about to make a joke about it, but it's no, real. This is my strategy for taming my brain. Yeah. And I have to say, I've been using it for a couple of days, and it's been pretty helpful. So here's how it works. My brain, when I go into a room, remembers a thing that I'm supposed to do. And then it's immediately gone as soon as I look at another object in the room. Right? Completely finished. <laughs> now, some people have suggested the way to deal with this would be to pick up my phone and write a note to myself that I should do the thing. However, once I look at the phone, my brain is off in another direction for another 15 minutes. So that's not going to work. Needs to be analog. I was writing things down on my hand and it was working out great. But then I thought, is there a way we can innovate? (laughs) And I thought, quarterback sleeve. That's what I need. I need a notebook. And so now I have a notebook on my wrist. (laughs) Okay, what are you sticking in there, though? What is is that an so index is, card? It's just a tiny little notebook that I put of, inside. It's an actual notebook. Yes, and it was covered with plastic, but I just cut the plastic out. And now I write <laughs> here the things that I need to do. And look, lo and behold, I've gotten three things done. And the thing that I okay. know I need to do later that I would have forgotten about is wit- written. written. So, it's written right here. So you've, you've shoved this notebook on your forearm, <laughs> and there's actually no lamination on top. No. So, so you can write directly on it. Yes, so I can just okay. write. I don't want to lift. I, mm-hmm. We don't need another action. Mm-hmm. I just need somewhere to jot. I need a jot. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm hosting a show with Tony Romo or something. <laughs> You know, it's, it's the beginning. It's very, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very cool looking. It's a slippery it's slope. Like, it's essentially like having a cigarette in here. Look at me, was, how cool I am. No, I mean, I first I thought you had maybe sprayed your wrist, and then and then you explained it's the quarterback sleeve. You know, it's a slippery slope. Then you'll be feeling more and more like a, you know, an right. NFL player. Then you, soon you're going to be like talking with uh, your hand over your mouth, yes, I'm so nobody in, can read your lips. I'll come in with a hand warmer yeah, on right. my belt. Yeah, that's right, and that. And that. <laughs> Hey guys. But yeah, so if I if I think of anything while I'm mm-hmm. sitting here, I can mm-hmm. just write it down. Mm-hmm. Good. And then my brain knows sometimes it's like a surprise. Every time I look over there, I'm like, oh, look at that thing that I remembered twenty minutes ago that had completely left the building. I, I you know what, it's understandable. I tend you know when I for, where I forget things? The bathroom. <laughs> it's I call it bathroom amnesia. I don't yeah. know if I'm the only one who does this, where you know, if I'm in the bathroom, I'll remember things. Yes. And then when I leave the bathroom, I it's have that with the, with the shower. It's I'm like, I got, I got great ideas. Yeah, and then I know, it's gone. I know all the things yeah. I need to do. Boom. Finished. So anyway, obviously I can't wear my quarterback sleeve in the shower, so that's okay. not going to fix that problem. I guess I could put the lamination back on for that event. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Perfect. At any rate, this is going okay. Good. My scattered brain had lost a pair of jeans and a pair of boots. Amazingly, a pair of boots I wore home from Christmas. I lost for two weeks in the house, but Steve found them in like three seconds yesterday, so... You're I'm off back to, on. I'm back on track. No, you are off. You're off to a good start. <laughs> I have broken my fast for my intermittent fast two days in a row. Um, I haven't been running. I was supposed to do some lifting and planking today. I put that off till tomorrow. That's where I'm no, going. No, you can't put and, off games till tomorrow, and, and, Vic. And, and, as Steve would stay. He, and, yes, the gains shall not wait for the you. You got to go get them. No, and 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 then, and then you and then I'm feeling more tired. Yes, more tired, and I'm getting more depressed. Reading about all these cases going up. Oh, the cases. 
Let's talk about the cases. Yeah, it's Vic. terrible out there, skyrocketing. You know, when it comes to COVID, I've decided that we can do some good news and some bad news, mm. and occasionally the ugly. Today, we have a little bit of good news. Okay. Now, I'm going to complain about the good news, <laughs> but because, it is good news. All right. So, the, the newest story from the AP, reporting on the AP, <laughs> is that the Omicron wave prompts media to rethink which data to report. It turns out because there are so many cases, they want to differentiate now in media reporting between serious and deadly cases and just ones that are treated at home and minor. That is indeed a distinction worth making. I, you know, I don't know why we didn't mention this earlier on our show. I know. I, I feel like this one got focus. past us. Yeah, I don't know. But really, you should really not focus on the cases. For example, we... there will be no more stories focused solely on a particular country or state setting a one-day record for number of cases because that claim has become unreliable. What they're saying is because a lot of people are home testing, we don't have a true gauge of this. That's true. I would note that two weeks ago on 12-24-21, the AP tweeted, Florida reported 31,758 new COVID-19 cases on Friday, breaking a record for the most cases in a single day since the start of the pandemic. So they got one last shot in on Florida, and yep. now we're going to revise the rules. What, what, the, uh, what are they going to do for their traffic? Because, you know, I mean, that's how you drive it, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Through fear but porn. I just, I think this would have been useful. Two years ago, the there's a news editor with the AP, Josh Hoffner, who says, we definitely wanted people to go a little deeper and more specific <laughs> in the reporting. And another journalist says, that's how journalism works. We need the data. We need to show receipts to readers. But I try to do it carefully. Do you? Do you? I don't, I don't mean to <laughs> castigate this one person. However. They're living in a bubble. That's why they're thinking because it just, you know, it just reinforces, you know, everyone agrees on the same thing. So you just reinforce each other's opinions until suddenly it hits you, you know, and it finally dawned on them. Yes. That just because cases are going up does not mean that everybody is rushing to the hospitals because of COVID right. and dying. Now, I will note that because Omicron does seem to be indeed more good news, less of the Upper hospitalizations and deaths have been decoupled in a sense from the case rate in a mm -hmm. way that they maybe weren't mm -hmm. before. However, the distinction was always important. Yes. And we were not making that distinction. Here's another revelation. Hospitalization and death rates are considered by some to be a more reliable picture of COVID-19's current impact on society. Yet even the usefulness of those numbers has been called <gasps> into question in, wait for it, in recent days, Vic. In many cases, hospitalizations are incidental. There are people being admitted for other reasons and are surprised to find they test positive for COVID, said Daniel Lewis, senior editor for health and medicine at Scientific American. At Scientific American. Is this a new development? You know, they cover the news. Yeah. So one would think that it was new. However, this is not new. We have been saying. This is not new. For the last. It's not new. 22, <laughs> 23 episodes. Yes. We have been saying. Because you have COVID does not actually reflect the severity of, or the, of the crisis in, in this country because the question needs to be how many people uh, are actually suffering from COVID who are right. being hospitalized, not with COVID, but because of COVID. And we've been saying this forever, especially when they talk about the, the, the number of kids and, and the caseload, it's up 300%. Well, right. what is that actual yeah, number? What is and the number? They actually, are they there because, as our good friend Dr. Fauci would say, there's a distinction between being in the hospital with it and because of it. My 87-year-old aunt, and I feel comfortable mentioning her age because I'm 
hoping she's not listening to the show. My 87-year-old, who sadly has all sorts of other issues, had to go to the hospital last week. Right. And when she was up there in New York City, they happened to, you know, as a matter of course, they, they test, test you. She was positive with COVID. She had no idea. She had zero symptoms, and she continues not to have any symptoms. But that adds to the caseload. Yes. And so it, it's able to say people, hospitalizations, those people in the hospital, which was her for one night with COVID. I'm really glad she has no symptoms. That's great. It's amazing. Yes, the caseload numbers are a hangover from the idea, or from the zero COVID crusade, yeah. which is an experiment that I never agreed with. I just, I thought for two or zero. three weeks, like let's, let's try to get this tamped down. Yeah. But this is a respiratory virus. The likelihood that we can keep it at zero just seems right. not like a thing. Right. Not like a thing that is possible and also not a thing that is compatible with a free society, which we allegedly have, man. I'd say allegedly. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you have yeah. to just, you know, pretty soon you're just giving your papers to everybody. Oh, there's a new place you can go and give your papers. Where's that? Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh, that's right. I'm just shaking especially, my head. You should especially yeah. go in. I, feel, I hear it's beautiful in January and February. <laughs> So she should go to Minneapolis, St. Paul. The Twin Cities have decided that there will be a vaccine passport uh-huh. mandate to get into bars Indoors. and restaurants, yes. indoor yes. events. And it includes down to five-year-olds. So if you would like your children to go and you have not vaccinated them because that's a perfectly reasonable choice to make, I guess they can identify as four-year-olds. and just Lots of five-year-olds have ID to prove that they're five. <laughs> Fake yes, ones. Fake, yes. You can go get your fake ID to say it. I'd just be like, old. oh, she's a very tall four. It's like I when you take very... the kids to Disney World. They're 10 for like 15 years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was 10 until I was about 17 really? years old. Uh, oh, my gosh. Th- this is, this is, What's this the is... statute of limitations on reporting that? I know. This is, a re- this is not having anything to do with the height thing where you have to stand there and try to fake your height. You mean they're just asking your age? Oh, and no, your age. to get a cheaper. Oh, cheaper ticket. Oh, cheaper ticket. <laughs> Oh, we, I feel like my parents and I did that that dance on the kids' meals. And then sometimes yeah. your kid will rat you out because kids are yeah. honest. They'll be like, no, Mom, I'm six and a half. Six and a half. Kids, they're, you know, kids want to, they want the adult menu. That's, yes. that's, at least my kids do, you know. And I always joke with my daughter about the baby, the baby menu. But, you know, she's uh, beyond that now, so I think. I have established yeah. that, that I don't like this idea. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to, to bar children from public life. Until you until they they are vaccinated with a very new vaccine, for which the cost benefit analysis for children is very different than it is. Have I mentioned the recovery rate for kids? So children are neither in a bunch of danger nor do they pose a bunch of danger to other people. So other cities that have done similar things: New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, and Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. They have some of them have differing sort of loopholes for kids in some places. Yeah. St. Paul is going to be nicer to children for the moment than Minneapolis, but I think St. Paul, St. Paul is probably, I mean, they're going to end up aligning because they're right next to each other. And, and, and on January 15, Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Oh, Not for five-year-olds, but for 12 and older. Yeah. But if you go to a restaurant. The down to five is a little bit of a, that's, that's a move. And that's by a big the, one. Okay, a couple things. Will it work? I mean, what's the whole well, point here, So here's, right? here's the thing. Yeah. Cities with vaccine passports have the same or worse rates of those who don't. Cities with vaccine passports are having spikes despite having vaccine passports. The mandate stalled federally because it's not likely constitutional. Mm-hmm. 
for private businesses. The mandate has stalled locally in mm-hmm. Minneapolis and St. Paul. And so they decide in their great wisdom to implement this plan using emergency powers from an emergency declaration from March 2020. So I don't want to get all dramatic, but the people who tell me that democracy is dead because of things, people doing things they don't want or like the filibuster, mm-hmm. I would argue that the greater case for that is two years of emergency declaration that requires powers. Yeah. no arguments from public officials no. on behalf of this policy. That's right. No public comments on it, I guess, until after it's enacted. And they're just like, eh, emergency. That doesn't feel like democracy. It doesn't feel like it. Ostensibly, the point <laughs> of this, right? Yes. Uh, the point of this ostensibly is to coerce people who are unvaccinated to vaccinate. Yes. We're going to make life as unpleasant as possible for you where you can't go anywhere until you are vaccinated, even if you've had it. Even if you've had the virus and you have the antibodies, it does not matter. You must get vaccinated and your children, whether it be they be 12 and older or in Minneapolis's case, five and older, you must get vaccinated because these are these are coercive measures. But what is the actual effect going to be? Do you think everyone who is not vaccinated going to be, well, I I guess I better go and get vaccinated now? Or will people just stop going into restaurants and then the restaurants are going to need more aid and then we're going to have to pass another package? Everybody stay home. The government will give you more money. Why is inflation up? I'm just going to say that and I'm done. (laughs) I think you've tied it all. You've tied it up in a bow there. I've had it. I've had it. I mean, it's really... Yes. The, the, and restaurants, of course, some of them are like, okay, we appreciate this because we don't have to look like the bad guy if they wanted to implement mm-hmm. that policy. However, many restaurants and the restaurant associations locally are like, hey, guys, we're drowning here. Yeah. Can you not keep pushing our heads underwater? Because especially in Minneapolis, St. Paul, one has to put forth a lot of effort to go out in the winter to a restaurant. Just to like just to get there for me it would be incapacitating yeah not only because of the vaccines mm-hmm. <laughs> like i could go but i'm like not going out in that snow so if they brave their way there yeah and then you put this extra obstacle in their way obviously that's going to be an issue obviously people are going to need assistance obviously you're going to lose restaurants and business and then here we are again doing another rescue pass- package and it, I guess. yeah and again it's it's what is the point the only thing that the only result is you get to comfortably know you're in a restaurant with only other vaccinated and, and boosted customers and you are separated from the unwashed. But by the way, vaccinated people are giving it, yes. this virus to other vaccinated people. So what is the point? Right. The point is us versus them. <sighs> also, if you go to a McDonald's, the way it's supposed to work in the city is you go up to the line and they'll ask you, uh, you know, for here to go. And if it's for here, then they ask for your papers. And if you say to go, then they won't ask and you can take your bag and then you may change your mind and sit down somewhere with the oh. bag and maybe they can have somebody monitor and look for, you know, people who are eating with the bag without the tray and then they can bust them. The other thing is there are restaurants on this side of the river who are now unilaterally asking for your vax papers as well, I mean, like, it's even like, in this building. It's like, look, if they want to do that, I won't, I probably won't go to that place, right? Yeah. I don't think you're making me any safer. I resent this part of it. If other people feel safer in that environment, fine. Just don't force everybody to do it. And by the way, it's very easy Mm -hmm. to go from D.C. to Virginia for a meal. Yeah. Which is going to be the result of a lot of the D.C. policies. Yeah, and again, this county is an exception since it's extremely... You yes. know, <laughs> but 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 that that really is a, that really is a problem, and I, I keep on thinking that you know uh, the best uh, solution is if they 
you, they ask for your paper. You show them your Vax card or your phone. You, ideally, you put it on an app. This way you can't yes. forge it. Uh, and then you have to show your driver's license if you're 18 or older, which is also true. So it matches for every customer. And then they can put it on some sort of a database or a registry. Yeah, so. I, I'm sure the government apps will work real well, too. Those always in, in are the, good. In the, By the way, there's, yeah. they're standing up uh, the, the government portal for the testing oh, that we're going to get just mm-hmm. as the Omicron wave is ending. The yeah. portal to order your your stuff because the free market can't work because the FDA didn't <laughs> FDA didn't approve yeah. enough of these. That's going to stand up in like a couple weeks, just Great. in time. Wonderful. In time. You know, I remember when I got uh, vaxxed, uh, the, the the first thing they tell you besides sit down here in case anything happens to you in the last next fifteen yes. minutes is please do not forget you must take a photo on your phone. Assuming you all have phones, take a photo of the ID because you might lose it. And also, we predict in the future you will have to use it. <laughs> Yeah. That's my that's my conspiracy theory is that they knew all along. Well, do you remember happen. it used to be a conspiracy theory that you would need a vaccine passport? Oh yeah, that's right. That like, was we misinformation. Be, yeah, that's right. And that oh, like that's what annoys countries. me. If I I don't care if you have but a different position on this for me. It's just the it's the memory hole. The gaslighting about how this was not going to be a thing, and then it, when it mm-hmm. became a thing, we can't acknowledge that people told us it was not going to be a thing. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. In the words of in the words of the great uh, John Amos in Coming to America, this is America, Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> I just don't know why we have to pretend that it's several years ago when we have new tools. That's like things have changed. Mm-hmm. In the words of uh, the Big Lebowski, new shit has come to light. <laughs> Wonderful. Have, That's exactly right. We have tools. We don't have to pretend mm-hmm. it's the past. Speaking of pretending it's the past. Yes. Hypocrisy. There was a Wall Street Journal op-ed this week. Oh, oh yes, that about, story. Sorry, different story. <laughs> about Hillary's comeback. Yes. Do how, tell. How, how, do you, how do you feel about that prospect, Vic? I don't want to sound like John Oliver. Remember when he was rooting for Donald Trump to win, to win the not to run yes. and be the nominee because then Hillary would you know just eviscerate him and just he he just get trounced. Yeah, this is a be careful what you wish. For it is, situation. but I do wish. I do hope she runs. I mean, I mean here. So so this is the uh, the op ed in the Wall Street Journal. Yes, Wall yes. Street Journal. Doug Schoen, who's a who's a longtime mm-hmm. Democratic mm-hmm. operative and mm-hmm. advisor, mm-hmm. definitely more moderate. Yes. Than most of the party at this Fox. point. He'll yes. Appear on Fox. And is and is nice to appear with, uh, and uh, so definitely sort of more centrist than much of the the base. Yeah, yeah a dying uh, breed. So he's plotting Hillary Clinton's twenty twenty four election comeback. He says she's perfectly positioned for this. Mm-hmm. A couple things. If this is your bench, it's a problem. <laughs> Number two, enough with the boomers. Oh yeah. God, sure. Bless it. There are other generations in this country. Yeah. And for some reason, we can only get mm-hmm. retread boomers to run. There are, yeah. Because there, and there are a couple boomers in my life I love very much. Hi, Mom and Dad. I'm just saying. Gen Xers are now reaching in their 50s. Right. That's old enough. It's old enough. So I, I will give her this. I will give her this. She speaks with a little bit of wisdom. She doesn't know that she actually lost the last the 2016 sure. election, but she does have this. She said in a recent MSNBC interview, Mrs. Clinton called on Democrats to engage in careful thinking about what wins elections and not just in deep blue districts where a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or a so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. She also noted the House's the party's House majority yeah. comes from people who win in much more difficult districts. 
that is a thing that the she's a realist. should keep in mind. She's a real. She's a, she, she's a realist. I mean, the thing is about this this op-ed. Of course, you know, the journal editors knew they'd have a heyday. You know, having to run Doug Schoen and Andy Stein, who was the other author. But the thing is, if you read it, it's it's genuine. It's it it's, it's sincere. It's not. They're not trolling. I mean, there are people who. <laughs> You know, you're, you're publishing it, maybe trolling, but the writers themselves no, they, genuinely and, believe it's her time. Well, <laughs> again. Again. And look, I think there is probably an argument on paper. Sure. If you have no, never. No, if you read it. If it's, you it's have very never, reasonable. It's very reasonable. If you've never met or seen a Hillary Clinton yeah. in your life, yeah. mm-hmm. in That's any right. public appearance right. ever. However, stop making, trying to make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> this is. It's a great line. It's not going to happen. Speaking of the Democratic bench, and I'm throwing a curveball here, I do want to play just a little bit of oh, just a little bit of Kamala speaking with the Today Show. Just to, this is the bench, everybody, and this is why, this is why they're running op-eds about Hillary. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Starts to make Hillary look pretty good, huh? You know what that reminds me? It reminds me of the line in Best in Show when... Go ahead. They interview the, the Jennifer Coolidge plays the, the the woman who marries the very elderly yes. you know millionaire obviously you know for the money and you know he's there and he you know he doesn't have his teeth with him and he's tiny and frail in this chair and she's and, and Jennifer Coolidge is a big woman and she's sitting next to him and she says we we love talking and not talking we enjoy soup you know I mean it's, it's the same sort of feeling there's a little bit of a trill at the end has, yeah that's the best someone thought of giving her media training she could go to the RNC one that yeah, I went no, to. No, no, you can go or, or LI with Morton Blackwell. Morton Blackwell can teach Kamala. Uh, yeah, that's bad. And and but the other thing is this: look, um, Biden's approval rating is down. The Quinnipiac poll has him down at thirty three percent. Yes, right, which is like Trump after January sixth. It's, it's low, buds. It's real low. Thirty three. Why not jump in? It can't be lower than thirty three. Yeah, it's fair. And it would be great. Which is why he went, to, why he went like. to Georgia and just called everybody racist for not agreeing with him. There you go. Yeah, Mitt, Mitt Romney. If, That's if, if you don't, If you don't, Kirsten said, if you don't vote for these, but you're Bull Connor. If you don't vote for the, this legis- the, the, these bills, mm-hmm. you're Bull Connor and George Wallace. And yes. Jefferson Davis. And Jefferson Davis. Yes. Well, I I can't speak for Cinema and Mansion, but I bet they're feeling really wooed. Very, yeah. Very convinced This is by how this you do argument. it, by the way. This is how you win them over. I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. The debate over the Senate 60 vote threshold shines a light on our broader challenges. There's no need for me to restate my long-standing support for the 60 vote threshold to pass legislation. There's no need for me to restate its role protecting our country from wild reversals in federal policy. It is a view I've held during my years serving in both the U.S. House and the Senate. And it is the view I continue to hold. Ah, they're still talking about the filibuster. Oh. And I do want to play a little clip of Senator Tom Cotton, who has a little fun on the floor doing a speech 
against getting rid of the filibuster that is comprised entirely of Senator Schumer's past statements. Wonderful. Let me first ask a fundamental question. What is the crisis that calls for the undoing of two centuries of tradition? Are senators merely doing their jobs as legislators, responding to a generalized public calling for the abolition of the filibuster? Clearly not. It is not the American people at large who are demanding detonation of the nuclear option. The nuclear option is being pushed largely by the radioactive rhetoric of a small band of radicals who hold in their hands the political fortunes of the president. It's amazing how quickly, not only do they forget, but that the, the whole hypocrisy thing is it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, apply and do you know why why because democracy is in peril well yes if you so, want to if you want to eliminate the filibuster for the right reasons that's right that's much right. like going on that's the bachelor right. then you're fine if you're there for the wrong reasons it's bad i've read some people talk about this on social media and there are people who are completely honest about it which is exactly that you know, we're for the filibuster if the Republicans just, are in power. Yeah, I'd prefer yeah. people just say that. Yeah, yeah. and then we're hey. not. And, and, and then and then other people have been warning. Well, you know, if you're going to remove uh, the filibuster, then if Republicans come in pow- into power, what's going to happen? And the, open carry in every state. That's going to happen. The honest, yes. Besides that, but the honest, the honest response that I've seen is, well, people will just realize how horrible the new laws the Republicans in power have passed, and then we'll. Uh, in power again that's yeah. one way to do it the arms race the yeah. coming arms race i don't know i don't How quickly I don't think, they forget i don't think they're going to convince those guys yeah. especially with this with this charm offensive yeah no. the bull carner charm the bull, offensive yeah, the, the i don't jeff davis i'm not that's sure great. that's gonna do it in our own state of virginia there's a little little rehash of an old <laughs> scandal and, uh, was this, it really though? Okay, sorry. This is well. This is an important news segment that I'm introducing called "Getting Hammered Investigates." <laughs> which, which is what we do on the side. We are here for you, so here we are to tell you about a 2019 scandal that included uh, Governor Ralph Northam and the unearthing of a yearbook picture from his medical school days. On his on his yearbook page was a picture of a man in blackface standing next to a picture or standing next to a man with a clan hood on it was a lot it was the early wow in my mind when you look at the photo i'm thinking 50s 60s nope it was the early 80s he was in medical school he was an adult this picture appeared on a yearbook page emblazoned with his full name at the top of it in gothic letters Mm -hmm. it was like those ads that your mom buys for you when you graduate from high school and oh, put yeah. your baby picture in. That's what this was. It was a double, it was a spread of Ralph Northam. And one of the pictures was blackface and clan hood. When this came to light in 2019, he said, whoa, 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 I'm so sorry that I appeared in that picture. Let's have a press conference about it later. And he then- He apologized. And then he, yes, he apologized for being in this picture. He has a press conference during which he almost moonwalks <laughs> And his wife stops him from doing so. Why would he moonwalk in that press conference? I'll tell you why. Because he was in the midst of admitting that he did do blackface another time, but not this time when he played Michael Jackson on Halloween. And then he almost moonwalked. And thank, 
well, Michael Jackson. I'm, actually, I'm just going to say that too. Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. I'm just too. mad at his wife for stopping him. At any rate, he had changed his story that he wasn't in this picture, even though this is his, it's very clearly yeah. his yearbook page. It's, he's on the hunt. He's on, he's on the hunt as his, as his, as his reign comes to a close here. And, uh, and Governor Yunkin is about to be inaugurated yes. this weekend. We have Governor Northam says he's 99% sure of the identity of the man in blackface. Who was the mystery man in blackface? I be- well, <laughs> Governor Northam told the Washington Post that he knows, this is in an exit interview with the Washington Post about his mm-hmm. term, in a statement provided to the Virginia Pilot and Daily Press, Northam's office on Tuesday, they declined to name the man he believes mm-hmm. wore blackface in mm-hmm. the photo. <laughs> but the governor told the Post in an article on study that the man also attended Norfolk Medical School and has a name that's alphabetically very close to mine. I'm so glad he's looking into this because we, we need the truth, yes. Ralph about who was dressed up in a picture on your own yearbook page. I believe his name was Nal Fortham. <laughs> the He's been talked to, says Northam. He's, oh, he's, he's been ta- oh, so he's alive. You know what? I'm surprised this they didn't pick a dead guy to pen it on. That's a, I just wrote that right here. <laughs> yeah, or perhaps somebody who was conveniently in South America, in Argentina. The, the, the thing about this is it has all the echoes of O.J. Simpson yes. wanting to look for the real killers of his... <sighs> White they can t- yeah, Coleman. they can team up. Yeah, if if the I were making it, fun of it, right? A book by Ralph Northam. That's right. Northam also told the Post he believes he knows the person wearing the Klan outfit too. Well, yeah, because you're standing next to him. <laughs> but that person wouldn't cooperate with investigators. He said a friend tweeted the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Yes, <laughs> yes. Here's Governor Northam looking looking for the real guy. I saw that on your Twitter feed, and the other gif is of Natalie Portman from Black Swan. Yes. And in the mirror, it's Natalie Portman. It's a great movie, by the way. Yes, I'm sure you love that one. <laughs> so anyway. Because uh, he loves ballet. Because I love, I love ballet He's drama. He's a patron of the arts. Ballet drama. Yes. Uh, okay. So let, let's just... Yes. Vic and I are going to work on this and try to figure out who it was because it's definitely still a mystery Ralph it's a huge mystery this guy would have been out on his ass so long ago if he was a Republican if he was a Republican my two problems with this well three one is the hypocrisy of what you just pointed out which is yes they would not let this thing go there's no no way if he was a Republican they would let let this go the second and everyone would be I mean you would have protests and rallies and marches the whole thing the second thing and with good reason because this one was egregious yes and it's not from the 50s. Oh. Okay, this is the 80s. Really not. I was in school. I was a kid in the 80s, but I, I remember the 80s. That's shocking. Okay, so uh, the, the second thing is, as you mentioned, he apologized. He apologized. Yes. Right? So he's saying sorry for being in the photo, and then he turns around and says, well, actually, I'm not sure, and I'll hire a law firm to investigate, yeah. and they can see what's going on it here. It wasn't me. Sure it was the one-armed man. Same, basically. Okay? And the third thing is, is the culprit here the yearbook editor and the yearbook staff, is that what they're trying to say? How did this photo get on my page and it was an error by the yearbook staff? Because I will give them this. Yearbook staff wields enormous power. They can make it look like you never even went to the school. That's fair enough. They are not, And they're also not always the brightest tools in the <laughs> shed. Well, are they probably like journalism kids though, aren't they or no? I think it's like... They're, they're currying, they have they, People get favors, favoritism. That's true. No, there was, it's there all was a friends. lot of that. You know, oh. it's, a, it's a real political game. It the is a total game. Do you remember the movie Crimson Tide? The opening of the movie, the submarine thriller, the opening of the movie, it says there's the three most powerful people in the world. It's the president of the United States, the president of the Russian Federation, and the commander of a nuclear submarine. I always thought the fourth one was yearbook edit. <laughs> it is. So. It's well known. 
That's well known. All right. Well, we'll be on the case and we will report back when we have more information on this mystery, super, super mystery man. (laughs) You want to do a little sports? Other than the University of Georgia Bulldogs being a national championship. Go for it, please. So I only picked this story so that we can talk about how great the SEC is. (laughs) This is like way over my head. Go ahead. <laughs> no, there was, there's just a, there's talk. This is a Yahoo Sports piece about uh, the SEC being too powerful because too many championships have gone to SEC mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. Too many of the college football playoff slots are for SEC teams. There's rarely anyone else there except for occasionally in o- Ohio State. I think in Oregon has mm-hmm. uh, potential to be there. And Clemson and FSU. Those would be the other ones. People are upset about this. Yeah. It's it, not fair. It's not fair, they say. Here's what I say. Deal with it. <laughs> no, but, no. Yeah. In seriousness, yeah. uh, one of the reasons that I'm not I'm not always an SEC backer against other teams. Like if I if I truly hate another team, I'll root for an mm-hmm. Ohio State or something. Mm-hmm. However, the SEC won me over during COVID as a as a as an enthusiast forever for the conference itself mm-hmm. because in 2020, when people said they would not play. I told people, you watch. The SEC will play football, and we're the best anyway. So when our two top teams face off, that will be the national yeah. champion, and nobody else played. That's, that's the and consequence game, of that action. So. It'll be a great game. Yeah. People will watch. It'll be the only game in town, so maybe more people will watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, the SEC decided they were going to play football. So after... The, was it the Big 12 made the decision mm-hmm. that they weren't going to? Yeah, there was a lot of hemming and hawing. Yes, and they were like, oh, I don't think we're going to do this. And then the SEC was like, nah, we doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is and what then, we do. And the Big 12 was like, never mind. We right. would also like to play and make a lot of money. Yeah. And it didn't endanger people. They had testing protocols. This is long before vaccines. They did it as safely as they could. And of course there were COVID cases, but there were not a lot. And... They brought joy to many people, and they didn't ruin a bunch of kids' careers who had the chance of playing in 20 and 21. And so, so thank you, SEC. There are a lot of people who want to return to nor- normalcy, and this is one such case. My only thought about this is I think the only way you can change this up, not counting some sort of overall authority spaying, we need to break this up, it's like a monopoly, is if you're another conference, you buy them off the way Maryland defected from the ACC, right, right. to join the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And then a Syracuse, which was a, co-found, was a found, co-founding member of the Big East, joined the ACC. Right. Didn't necessarily work out, but they, what they do is they lure them with TV contracts. The only problem is ACC, they're kind of, they, they already have very huge, huge contract. contracts. And, and people are joining the SEC, so SEC is getting bigger. Yeah. They're like, hey, if we go there, mm-hmm. obviously it makes your recruiting better. One of the issues is the SEC is ahead of all the other conferences in recruiting as a result of the many yeah. fruitful years. Um, it feeds itself. By a decade. So it That's just right. feeds off of itself. Texas A&M, I think, is next in line to make a big move to the national championship level. It, uh, well, it's a good thing that they, they don't have a number after their conference name like the Big Ten or 12, because I believe the Big 12 has 20 teams now. Yes. <laughs> they have to keep changing the logo. Or even, put, even, even, put like a sneaky yeah. 20 in there. The, the, the Big East, the Big East had, had, you know, at some point in time, you're having teams that are, you know, not on the East Coast anymore. The whole point was you're on the East Coast. And you know, oh, yeah, like no, we don't, Butler, do, we don't do that you know. anymore. No. <laughs> like USC what is in California, East come on down to the ACC. Yeah, so I don't know. Whatever. Our boy jo- Djokovic. Yes, I can do Djokovic. it. I can say it. Yes. Djokovic is still in Australia. He is. In limbo. Yeah. He's like living in the in the detainment cell. 
I don't, I don't oh, really he was know in, where he is. Oh, he's, like, he's staying in his hotel. He's in his hotel. Okay, so he's detained. In Melbourne. So he, at first, okay, he's coming for the Grand Slam tournament. He's approved with a medical exemption. He's unvaccinated. <laughs> then Australia changes its mind when he gets there and says, no, you're not actually exempted mm-hmm. from this. Cause, partly because a bunch of people in Australia got really mad because they're not exempted from it because yeah, they're not the thing. super not, famous well, tennis players. Yeah, that's right. right. I understand that. Yes, that I get. And so he's there and he's arguing that, hey, no, you can't reject me once I get here. This is crazy. And now there's a whole other drama, which is that he allegedly went to an interview while COVID positive. And so now they're going to kick him out based on, his, on like character issues, I guess, is a thing that you can do in Australia. Luckily, we don't have yes. that here. Bring How, us your bad of character. Here's my question. How long has is he COVID positive for? Because if it's after, it's kind of, you know, arbitrary as, you know, 14 days, 10 days, 7 days, well, 5 so, days. Yes, and this is part of the, everybody's confused about this, right? So he, he did, he went to a basketball game where he was exposed. <laughs> he, I think, I think a basketball game. He tested, according to, his, this is his story. He tested on a rapid test two or three times before he went to other events was awaiting a PCR, mm-hmm. but got negative on several yeah. rapid yeah. tests, which according to even Rochelle Walensky in her own literature that she has written about rapid tests mm-hmm. is the best way to de- mm-hmm. determine if you mm-hmm. are infectious. His PCR came back positive mm-hmm. after that, and he did mm-hmm. one interview after he got the PCR. So now he's in trouble for that. But this is how it starts. But the PCR thing, again, he should be responsible. And he, he said he said he felt that he needed to to live up to his promises with this mm-hmm. reporter who he'd mm-hmm. said he'd give this interview to. Eh. Once you test positive, you got to start making different decisions. That's that's the bottom line. However, the PCR, I just learned last week because I didn't know this before, can stay positive for 12 weeks. That's right. That's right. Again, as I mentioned, you know, the Department of Health will tell you, or at least the county will tell you in an email, Uh, Once you are done with your quarantine of 10 days, which was what it was at the time, we recommend not getting tested for the next 90 days because depending on the test, you could still come up positive. But please make sure you get tested before you go back to... (laughs) Well, they don't say that, but that's what everybody wants. And everyone's getting tested and even... I just don't... Well, we'll get into that on another occasion. Djokovic can fend for himself, but I... I that's that That drama is extended. When's When's this... Tennis match is supposed to be anyway. The tournament's supposed I, to yeah, be. Yeah, I, I lost track myself. I lost track myself. <laughs> Me too. Well, at any rate, uh, here in the U.S., just as a just as a side note, places that fired unvaccinated nurses and such are encouraging those who have been COVID positive and may still test positive to come back come into back. work. Yeah. According uh-huh. like, using the current mm-hmm. CDC di- mm-hmm. guidelines, so that they don't get overrun. It's like <sighs> the unvaccinated people were testing, and you knew that they weren't. Yeah. COVID positive. Yeah. We really feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And and, and throw on top of that, by the way, the whole, you know, the, these tests are expired. Actually, even if they're expired, go ahead and use them anyway. Whatever. Whatever <sighs> works. It's all confusing. Yeah, it is. Just go outside. It and is. Have fun. It is. Get your vax. Do your, live your life. That's right. That's, that's, that's what I did. That's what I did. That's and, my whole philosophy. And, and, until they start barring me from places. I know. I'm going to get that booster barring. That's it. And last time or less, I think I'm going to make this a segment, too. Everybody listen up. This segment is called Uncancelled. 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 Yes. There's just a little can- cancel culture fodder. It's all over the place these days. Yes. I don't know if you know that, Vic. <laughs> no. What's We're going on? We're living in a cancel culture. Also, the media. <laughs> Sorry. It's 
Steve, have I ever told you about the media? Steve Harvey, comedian and TV star, says he has no plans for stand-up comedy specials in the near future due to cancel culture. He was asked about this. He, of course, uh, was the the father of one of the most famous comedy tours of all times, the, the Kings, Kings of, of Comedy, comedy. featuring very funny. a bunch of his buddies, which is really mm-hmm. funny, and I think Spike Lee mm-hmm. made it into a film. And he says, what people don't understand about comedians is that a joke has to be about something and somebody. We can't write jokes about puppies all the time. The joke can't be about bushes all the time. Some of these jokes <laughs> will have to be about people because that's the most interesting topic. So if I come back, I'll have to wait until I'm done, and I'm not done. I want to do one more. I'll probably have to call have to call it, well, this is it. <laughs> First of all, I would, so I, would, I would tune in for that. Yeah. And he's saying that the only guy who can do the specials mm-hmm. without worrying is Chappelle because Chappelle just gets paid for the specials. Yeah. Steve Harvey gets paid to be on TV shows that have sponsors. Right. So if he gets canceled, he can't do that job anymore. Yeah. And he's everywhere. He's on TV all the time. Oh, he's, yeah. He's Mr. Mainstream. I will say that, first of all, welcome to the club. Yeah. Right? I mean, a lot of other uh, comedians, it has dawned on them as well that it's just not worth it, uh, especially when you're dealing with you know, the, this culture of, you know, the, the, these kids these days, these kids who would say, yeah, no, you can still make fun of people, but as long as it's the right people. Yes. You know, and then we could feel good about ourselves. And then, you know, basically that's like most of late night TV. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about Colbert well, or Kim, it's just talking to the same people well, and, and making the same jokes. It's also why a lot of a lot of late night TV is just like a vaccine infomercial. That's right. Instead no, that's, of <laughs> instead of jokes. That's it. That's uh, which is there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. It's just right. not maybe the, Colbert's show. This is why Greg Gutfeld is the king of, of, of late mean, night, as, as Bill Maher himself has said. That's he's, a real he's the thing. king of late night. You know, and Bill Maher himself is still going around uh, doing comedy shows in the South. Yep. Because have at it, man. There you go. The other thing is, I'll say with <laughs> where we don't stop playing football, no. we don't yell at you for your comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come, come on, on come down. On, come on down. Come on down. Y'all come back now, yeah. you hear? <laughs> the, uh, the, if you want to see a great little segment of Steve Harvey, he was on an episode uh, a couple years ago with Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, and it's wonderful. Really? And it's, it's pre-COVID. It's in Chicago. It's just great. But one of the things that he talks about, even then he was talking about people in the audience who were getting upset about material because he'll be poking fun at somebody. He'll make some reference to something, and at the end of the show... That person's going to come over and say, how dare you say this? You know, because I know somebody who's this, that, or the other. And his joke line was, I'm really sorry. I apologize. And she goes, you apologize? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I apologize. I didn't know you'd be in the crowd. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, it's the art form of comedy, of, of comedy in particular, stand-up comedy in particular. You have to be able to experiment mm-hmm. on stage. And if you can't that's do you that, do then you can't create a set because the requirement mm-hmm. from some in the audience is just to be such a rote yeah. social justice warrior and to to cater to so many needs at one time that it's just impossible to do. Yeah. And a lot of people dismiss this, these kind of complaints by saying, oh, this rich guy is really mad that he can't say terrible things in public anymore without consequences. That's not what's going on. And if we limit art to just what people can handle in the audience, mm. you will not get good art. So Steve Harvey, in my book, you are uncanceled. That was, that was like an Andy Rooney closer at 60 minutes. And another thing. I'm a lot and then like just, Andy Rooney. Right, no, and then that's it, except the eyebrows. Do you have a... I wish I had his eyebrows. Do you, do you have a KidFins update? Oh, we're, we're getting some support. Thank you so much. Yes. If you go to KidFins.com, that's K-I-D-F-I-N-S.com, you can click through to the Kickstarter and buy your little kid and a patent pending adjustable buoyancy swim vest. 
wait to the special on 2020. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. We taught our kids to, to swim with this. And my husband is a get her done kind of guy. And he was like, we should design one of these. And so we did for a year and a half. And now we're selling them. I am so happy that, uh, that you're selling them now, considering it's January. I always thought this might be linked to like ice cream shops. Well, this you know, is what which is like it's very quiet until it warms up. We're trying up. to get it out. We're trying to get it manufactured and out by the summer season. So Wonderful. Kids can. Uh, lastly, I have one call out to listener Brian Berkey of the show who suggested that our combined celebrity name be either Katharina or Hamadis. I like Katharina. I like Katharina. What do you that. think, Alex? I like Katharina. Yeah, you know what? Because it's like Steve Arino. Do you remember Steve Allen? He was Steve Arino. Yeah. So thank you, Brian. That's a timely reference. It's very. <laughs> I'm not old at all. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer. You can find me there on Twitter. You can find me at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. And that also links to KIDFINS.com, my invention, my crazy invention. <laughs> Check it out. It's fun times. Thank you for being with us, guys. Go dogs. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.